Welcome back to the program. We're into the second hour now. Keep the text messages coming in. We love them here on the afternoon's program. 0457 736 736. Jimmy, as a paramedic of many years, a colleague back in the day gave me this advice. Never trust anyone over five. It has stood the test of time. Far North Queensland Sharky up there in Cairns. So uh, that's unfortunate to hear, um, but totally understand why you were given that one. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing today. The best piece of advice you've ever been given. General Manager of Sport at Gainline Analytics, Simon Strawn. He'll be coming up very shortly. We'll get Afternoons Amplified with Coach K as well. You're listening via SENQ 693am in Brisbane. SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN app anywhere, anytime. We're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence, Portable Toilet and Temporary Fence Hire in Sydney. Go and see Alex and the team. And if you've missed something out of the first hour, out of the course of the week, go and check out wherever it is to get your podcast. Search for Afternoons with Jimmy Smith. Just before we get to Simon Strawn, the General Manager of Sport at Gainline Analytics, there were some other things floating around that we didn't quite get to, and I know we'll get to others around Afternoons Amplified. Bad news for the Titans. Dave Fafita, what's he? He's done a partial tear of his pectoral muscle. This was suffered at training. They're going to complete the rehab over the coming weeks, and they are oh, hopeful, wishful, that 2024 season he'll be right for the start. So that would be most unfortunate. You get the sense he's going to have a big season, don't you, Dave Fafita? So... Uh, obviously, he was in the Dallium team of the year and earned a recall into that Queensland origin side. So you want to see him in action. We're not going to see Nathan Lyon in action. This is a bit of a concern, too. I'd love to know how it works for the Melbourne Renegades. So they recruit Nathan Lyon. They go, right, we do it within Cricket Australia um, guidelines. And then Cricket Australia say, well, you can't play. You've got to go over there and get ready for the December 14 test match at Perth. So he was to play on Friday night. So what's that? Friday the 8th. This is the game you'll hear on SEN. Dougie Bollinger and myself calling this one. So he was going to play in that game against his old team, the Sixers. So there's a draw card for you. But it's six days out from the start of the test season. So Cricket Australia have uh, eliminated him from that game. So that is disappointing. We know those four Brisbane Heat players that are playing in this Prime Minister's 11 game that's being played at the moment at Monica Oval. So I wonder, do the Renegades have to pay? Or what's the what's the story there with, okay, yeah, we'll pay to have Nathan Lyon, but if you never get to use him, what's the point of having him? Uh, that's that's the bit of a concern on that one. And what about this? Coming out of the English Premier League, we can talk about this a little bit later with Coach K, but Paul Heckingbottom has been sacked as Sheffield United coach there. Bottom of the table, they've won one game in 14. They've lost another 11. And so uh, the final straw was losing 5-0 to Burnley. So here we are, December 5th, English time. And we've got our first sacking in the English Premier League. So that might be a little tough to take, but we'll cover off on that a little bit later on in the program. We're also covering off on the Australian summer of cricket and Pakistan versus uh, Australia and then, of course, Australians versus Australians with Mitch Johnson and George Bailey and Davey Warner. We're talking about Jason Saab and him being physically the best winger in the comp. Mm, mm, I'm not sure about that one. And well done to to James Fisher-Harris, who is the golden boot winner, and we'll have him a little bit later on in the program. Best advice was words are cheap and money buys whiskey. 
And when I was a boy, we didn't have boats. We didn't have boats. We had to swim down the river. So that's Adam. So there you go. Thank, thank you. Thank you for that one. Uh, Jimmy, the best advice I ever got was from my first boss, a horse trainer. And he said, son, this is not a dress rehearsal. You're on stage now. As a 14-year-old, it didn't make much sense. But as I grew older, I realized what he was talking about in life. That's PG. Isn't that funny, PG? Um, I go on on this program about um, a lot of things, but one of them is Mark Twain, right? So uh, one of my favorite authors, a very, very clever man. Uh, and he, he's got a great saying that I think you would appreciate having taken on that advice as a 14-year-old. And he said, when I was 14, I thought my father knew nothing. And when I was 22, I was amazed at how much he'd learned, um, which is a little bit what your horse trainer said to you right there. So the best piece of advice, uh, the Logan Warrior, the best offense is a good defense. That's the best piece of advice that he was given. Keep sending them in, 0457 736 736. The open line number, 1300 1170. Up next, Simon Strawn. Welcome back to the program. Well, one of the very interesting metrics and uh, findings that we have every year is from Gameline Analytics and Platinum Asset Management, and that is uh, Australia or Australasia's best sporting team. We all have our thoughts on who it should be and who it could be, but we thought we'd go to the General Manager of Sport at Gameline Analytics, Simon Strawn, who is on the line. G'day, Simon. G'day, Jimmy. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you here. I think we have you every year, which is fantastic. But we love this sort of thing on this program. So, um, first of all, give us a, a bit of an understanding. of What are the things that you're looking for? I'd imagine it's just not on-field success to help you determine Australasia's best sporting team. That's right. So, what we try and do is we, what we're looking for is long-term sustained success. So, we look at different aspects of sporting performance. So, we look at a team's success over a five-year period. So it's not only sort of win percentage through to the finals, it's also where they appear or where they finish on the actual ladder. Um, the reason we do it, it's sort of harder to finish second on, a, say, an 18 or a 16-team comp than it is, so a 16 comp. We also look at it, competition stability. This is a really important one. Um, obviously, with, um, with competitions that maybe have a new franchise, sometimes teams get easy wins. And there's also player fluidity when... When you have startups or teams, the competition shrink or expand, there's players moving around, that changes the dynamic of teams. So that's a factor as well. So we put all that together over a five-year basis with a bit of an emphasis more on the, 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 the newer performances. And we put that together to understand how uh, teams have performed over that period to identify really good long-term governance decisions about um, um, teams that have performed over that period of time. Now, this is across all major competitions throughout Australasia. So we're literally talking more than 20 competitions, more than 200 teams, over more than 8,500 games over that uh, five-year period. Yeah. So uh, do you actually put into context um, its strength, relative strength on a world stage? So, for example, if we're talking about the AFL, obviously that is the best AFL competition in the world. It's the only AFL competition in the world. The NBL is openly acknowledged by people in the NBL as an intersectional league. And that is, we know the NBA is the best on the planet, but we still have this great product here in the NBL. Is that sort of thing taken into context as well, Simon? Uh, yes, in a way. And, and, and by the same way, it's, it's, 
that, that, that factor is there. But we talk about, say, water polo, and, and people say, well, water polo, is there a water polo competition in Australia? Well, definitely there is. And they're the same yeah. athletes that represent Australia in the Olympics that get medals or world championships. So they are absolutely quality, world-class athletes. And we know some of the NBL teams have gone away uh, to the States in those preseason games. And, and yes, they may have play, played depleted NBA teams, but they still get the odd win. So it's still a quality competition and athletes are choosing to come and play the NBA. So, But ultimately, it's the NBL, it's the league here. Who is choosing to develop their team that can win in that league? Um, and so there are decisions made in the context of the league as well. Yeah, right. And do you differentiate women's competitions as opposed to men's competitions? And also, for example, if you're looking at the Parramatta Reels, the Parramatta Reels have an NRL side. They also have an NRLW side. Uh, and so, and, and in netball, I'm pretty sure it's the GWS Giants. They have a GWS Giants women's AFL team. They also have a netball team as well. So is all that taken into consideration as well, Simon? Yep. So we include every competition regardless of who's playing it. So men's teams, women's teams, and also esports. So there's actually one esports team that's appeared in the top 20, uh, top 25. And so wow. they still recruit, they still train. They just happen to play online as opposed to play physically. So it's a really about what can we learn from these organizations, regardless if it's men's, women's, online, et cetera, about how they create that long-term sustainable success. All right. Without further ado, uh, better tell us, Simon, who is Australasia's best sporting team for 2023? Well, I can tell you after a, a beautiful morning on the uh, foothills uh, of the mountains, I can tell you that the Penrith Panthers this year <laughs> are the number one uh, ABSC 2023 uh, team. And this is will not come as a shock or surprise based on uh, the three-peat and four grand finals uh, in a row. And this is a great testament, I think, to that organisation that you can trace back to almost some decisions made in the organisation as far back as 2014, 2015 that started putting together the process that is behind those um, those premierships. And when we talk about long-term sustained success, about building that, the Penrith Panthers is that perfect model. Yeah. Can, are there any in particular decisions made a long time ago, 2014, 2015, that you think are now bearing fruit? You know, Lots of people famously talk about Gus Gould's five-year plan and it took a little longer than that and, and, and all these other clubs now have a different uh, perception of, of a path to success. Is there anything in particular that you could identify from there, Simon? It's really around the emphasis on their pathways and using their juniors. You can see it in their squad. You can, If you basically trace yep. back a lot of their players, you can see where they've come from and it's actually having confidence in their pathway. Uh, it was a little bit like Richmond, um, Richmond AFL Club, uh, after their 10-year plan back in 2010 and, and the confidence they had during that process. But it also, uh, the great thing about this study is it does highlight the different relationships of performance in different competitions. AFL, for example, tends to have a boom and bust um, philosophy around winning premierships. They tend to hold players together and they fall off a cliff where competitions like the NRL and even Super Rugby, the Crusaders, for example, that came third this year, that won the competition last year, tend to really rely on their pathways so they can sustain more. So different competitions have different dynamics, which is a really interesting outcome when we do this research and when we look at all these different sports. And, and the other thing is that those big comps don't have a monopoly on good decision-making. So a lot of these little golden nuggets that we see in 
in these competitions that don't, people don't necessarily um, um, know about or, or are not necessarily prominent. I think, you know, a lot of organisations can probably look at those and learn a few lessons. Can you give us your top five according to Platinum, uh, Platinum Asset Management and Gainline Analytics, please, Simon? Yep. Yep. So number one is Penrith Panthers, then Melbourne City, uh, A-League men's team, you know, really strong performance leading the competition um, over a period of time. Then the Canterbury Crusaders out of New Zealand Super Rugby. So seven titles um, in a row, but, but um, sort of dropped off on the ladder um, last season. And then yep. the uh, University of New South Wales West Water Polo team, really successful over a period of time, come back into the, into the, um, the competition because of um, come back after COVID. So um, they were out for a little while. But again, like I said before, supplying athletes to the Olympics and world champs. And then top five rounding out is the Adelaide Crows AFLW team. So that, and the top place women, uh, women's sporting team. So they've had a really successful period. Didn't win the flag this year, uh, but top the league. Um, um, four out of the last six seasons won two flags. A very successful organisation. So, um, so they are the top five. And um, just want to give a shout out to um, Penrith Panthers. So part of the part of the um, ABST is the Platinum Asset Management give a donation to the charity of choice for Penrith. So a shout out to Panthers on the Prowl uh, and Brad yep. War at um, that organisation. They're doing a great job with um, with the youth around um, the Penrith area. So shout out to them. Uh, yeah, well said, because I think that that program's been in place for a couple of decades now. It is well known and it is a fabulous community aspect to what the Penrith Panthers are doing on the field and off the field as well. Simon, as always, mate, great to check in with you, uh, as we say, about this time every year. But um, I find it fascinating. If anyone wants to read further about this, where would you direct them? Yeah, so look up on our um, on our uh, socials at GL Analytics on um, Twitter or X, um, and um, you'll be able to see the various notifications uh, through that, um, and you'll be able to find that. And the various notifications, we'll put out um, some 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 socials over the next few days, looking at the various categories um, of the of the ranking over the next few days. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Simon, General Manager of Sport at Gainline Analytics. Uh, great to have you on, mate. Really appreciate your time today. No worries. Thanks, Jimmy.